Hello there, entrepreneurs, dream makers, and small business titans. I'm Chip Schweiger, and welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur's Accountant Podcast, where you get tips and tricks that can help you level up your company to build value and create a business that goes from seven figures to eight and from eight figures to nine. I'm a CPA in public practice who, for the last 27 years, has worked with some of the largest companies in America. But my real passion is in helping entrepreneurs and business owners like you because you truly are the crown jewel of our economy. And today, we've got an interesting episode for you. But before I move on, be sure to sign up for email updates at my new website, www.entrepreneursaccountant.com to get exclusive content and tips that allow you to grow your business while enjoying the lifestyle you're entitled to. That's www.entrepreneursaccountant.com. So let's get to this week's show. So welcome to this week's episode. I tell you what, I was on vacation last week, so there was no episode last week, which means I'm super excited and charged up and ready to get going this week on something that's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting, a little bit unconventional, which is why I think you're going to find massive value from this week's discussion. So there's a popular notion that you should sell your company at the peak of the market. And in this episode, we're going to talk about why that might not always necessarily be the best strategy, aside from the fact that it's pretty tricky to do, but also what I think that you should do instead of trying to market time the sale of your company. So first, a story. A few years back, I was speaking with a successful CEO in his 50s who runs a machine shop here in Houston. And it generated at the time about $8 million in annual revenues and over $1 million in profit before tax. And even though he was tired and nearing burnout, he was planning to wait another five to seven years before selling his business because, as he said, he wanted to wait to sell at the peak of the next economic cycle. And on the surface, his rationale seemed to make sense. If you speak with mergers and acquisitions professionals, they'll tell you that an economic cycle can impact valuations positively by up to two turns, which means that a business selling for five times earnings at the peak of an economic cycle may go for as low as three times earnings at the low point in the economy. The problem is when you sell your business, unless you put the proceeds into a money market cash account, you have to do something with the money you receive. Usually that means buying into another asset class that is being affected by the very same economic cycle. So what do I mean by all this? Well, let's say, for example, you have a business generating $100,000 in pre-tax profit in an industry that trades between three times and five times earnings, depending on the point in the economic cycle. Furthermore, let's imagine you sat stealthily on the sideline until the economy reached the absolute peak and sold your business for $500,000, which would have been five times your pre-tax profit in October of 2007. So you took your $500,000 and bought into a Dow Jones index fund when it was trading about above 14,000. And, you know, if you remember those days. Um, So anyways, 18 months later, after the Dow Jones had dropped to 6,500, you'd have been left with less than half of your money. And even though you cleverly waited until the economic peak, by the low point in the Great Recession on March 9th, 2009, 
you would have effectively sold your business for less than two and a half times earnings. Ouch. And the inverse is also true. Let's say you waited too long, quote unquote, and sold the same business in March 2009. And because you were at the lowest point in the economic cycle, you got only three times earnings, which would have been $300,000. But also notice that that's 20% more than if you sold at the peak and bought an index fund at the top of the market. Just like when you sell your house in a good real estate market, unless you're downsizing, you usually buy into an equally frothy market, which is why I think the timing and timing the sale of your business on economic cycles from an external standpoint is usually a waste of energy. So what should you do instead? Well, at the growth advisory firm, I founded the Entrepreneur's Accountant. We recommend timing the sale of your business when internal economic factors are all pointing in the right direction. So when your employees are happy, when your revenues and profits are trending upward, and there's still lots of market share for an acquirer to capture. You should also look to maximize the metrics of your organization in eight key areas. So let's talk about them. The first one is financial performance. So this is basically your history of producing revenue and profit combined with the professionalism of your record keeping. And this is a point I've made before. If you think about the example I talk about is think about getting your books and records in order and how important it is because you've got a Ferrari sitting there and that Ferrari has a clean engine cavity. It's got all its records. It's got all its service maintenance uh, records. And there's another Ferrari sitting right next to it. Same year, same model, but it's got a dirty engine cavity. It's got no records. It's got no provenance. You can't look back and see when any of the repairs were done. Which of those two Ferraris would you be more likely to pay money for? Obviously, it's the one that has all the service records and your company and the financial performance and especially the professionalism of your record keeping is the exact same thing. All right. The second area that you should look at is your growth potential. So it really talks about your likelihood to grow your business in the future and at what rate. And this is something that's super important for a potential acquirer to look at and consider. It's essentially the reason why they're buying your company. So your focus here is going to be massively important to creating value and a higher multiple for your business. The third one is something we'll call it the Switzerland structure. And I call it that because it really talks about how dependent your business is on any one employer, any one customer or any one supplier. So essentially here, the goal is to become kind of like Switzerland where you're independent and neutral of all of those. And that creates more value for your company. The fourth one is what we'll call the valuation teeter-totter, and it really talks about whether your business is a cash suck or a cash spigot. And there's, a, there's a two different considerations there, hence the term teeter-totter. The next one is the level of recurring revenue that you have, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in a, in a podcast episode, but it's really the proportion and quality of automatic annuity-based revenue that you collect each month. The greater that is, and the more recurring revenue you have, uh, the more valuable your company is going to be. And I put on my website at entrepreneursaccount.com and the, under the resources tab, uh, ways that you can think about getting recurring revenue. So you should check it out. The next area is called monopoly control. And this is really the question of how 
well differentiated is your business from competitors in your industry. Obviously, if it's well differentiated, you're going to have a more valuable company. The next one is customer satisfaction. Pretty obvious on the surface, but this is really the likelihood that your customers will repurchase from you and also refer you. And the last one, we'll call it hub and spoke. And this really speaks to how your business would perform if you were unexpectedly unable to work for a period of three months. How much can the operations continue on without you? And if they can, you've got a valuable business that is actually translatable to a buyer. If they can't, if you're doing it all yourself, then you've got an issue because once you're out of the business, the business loses value because it can't operate. You know, when internal economic factors are pointing up and when you've maximized the eight key value drivers that we just talked about, you'll fetch a price at the top end of the market and whatever the market is paying for the business like yours at that time, which means that for better or for worse, for good or for bad, you get to use your newfound cash and buy into the same economic market that you're selling out of. If you're thinking about exiting your business in the next few years, there's a tool at my website at entrepreneursaccount.com that can help you calculate your EBITDA and play with a few different scenarios just so that you can kind of see where you think you might be. So just go to the Learn tab and it's in the resource library right there at the Learn tab. Or you know what? Shoot me an email at chip at entrepreneursaccountant.com and I'm happy to send you a link to it. So that's all for this week, and I'm truly honored that you've chosen to invest your time with me. If you've enjoyed today's discussion, please consider subscribing to this podcast so that you'll never miss a future episode. It's easy to do by just clicking on that subscribe button or that follow button. And with that, we'll see you down the road. Thank you.